Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution you to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! Welcome in, Three Dudes with a View. My name is Del Kennedy. I have dude number three. It's a sunny but brisk uh, Thursday out there, folks, although it looks like we may have some rain tonight. And then, I believe, a beautiful weekend's coming up. Uh, Clayton Harris, dude number two. Have I got that right? Yes, sir. That is correct. Good morning, Del. Good morning. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York, are you out there? Not yet. Okay, we're getting it. All right. All right, we're working on getting Mr. York. We're going to get him in here in just a minute. And there is Ron Hart. Good morning, Ron Hart, native son, favorite son of Columbia. How you doing? Ron, can you hear me? I don't think Ron can hear us right now. All right. Ron, when you can hear us, we we can hear you. But yeah, he I think he's adjusting his settings. Yep, adjusting his settings. Can't hear you. Cannot hear you. He can't hear us is the problem. Or he can't hear us. Yeah. Something something going on. All right, folks. We have got some very special guests here with us this morning. First of all, though, just a, a brief announcement. I want to uh introduce Tim Hibbs. He is with Blood Assurance. Uh Blood Assurance is the uh, well, let's put it this way. If you're at Murray County Hospital and you need blood, it's going to come from blood assurance. So, That's right. And I think most people are aware that uh, – have I got that right, Tim? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, I mean, give blood wherever you can, whenever you can, if you're able. Uh, but if you want to give blood to uh, help for folks here locally, it's through blood assurance. They're just – they're uh, – a Another blood bank, a very good blood bank, headquartered out of Chattanooga, uh, Murray County Hospital, uh, reports all the time. They are very pleased with the service that they get from Blood Assurance. And I, I personally go out to Neely's Mill. I think most people know y'all got an office out in Neely's Mill. Yep. And I go out there every two months and give blood. And uh, it's easy. It doesn't take long, usually about 40 minutes tops. And, uh, and I'm in there and out of there. So yeah. All right, now Tim, but you're you're here to talk about y'all are having a blood drive today, correct? Yes, we are. Uh, starting uh, here in just a little while, 9 a.m. We'll be out at uh, United Farm and Home Co-op. Uh, that's at uh, 975 River uh, View Lane, and we'll have our blood mobile out there. You can't miss it. It is brightly colored, and uh, as you were saying, Delk, all the blood that we collect here will go to Murray Regional. And right now, local blood supplies are low, uh, both because of the holidays. They always dip during the holidays, but then our ice and snow weather, we're still catching up from that. So we really need to find some heroes to come out today and donate with us. As you say, we can get you in and out of there. We try to, to hit about that 40 minute mark and uh you know it's uh, it's something to do i mean this uh 
it's something good that you can do today. Every donation helps save three lives. And uh, I know uh, I was listening to the news coming in uh, on the station this morning, and it's always I always kind of get frustrated about something. But this is something positive that you can do. Yes, and, it is. Uh, and know, so that's how it, I just call it the co-op. The co-op, right? yeah. Out of the co-op. Out, uh, out of the co-op starts at 9 o'clock this morning. Mm-hmm. And how, how long does it go? Uh, we'll go till 2. Till two, and you don't have to just walk in, right? Just walk up. Um, you know, we'll have uh, we'll have plenty of phlebotomists there ready to uh, to get you settled, and uh, it's um, you know it's a, a quick process. We'll uh, do a brief questionnaire about your medical history, then take yeah, the temperature I and everything. I think I'm on now. Oh, there we go, Ron Hart. Can we can hear you? How you doing, man? Yes, sir. I think I'm on now, Emma. You are on, Ron Hart, native son, favorite son of Columbia, 1977 graduate of. Columbia Central High School. Uh, Ron, right now I'm talking with Tim Hibbs. He's with Blood Assurance. They are, if, if you give blood, uh, if you, well, let's put it this way. If you go to Murray County Hospital and you need blood, it's going to come from Blood Assurance. They are the blood bank that services Murray County and southern middle Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're having a blood drive today at the co-op. Yes, we are. 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Yes, sir. No reservation needed. No, come on up. And everybody who donates today will be entered to win a $500 gift card to use for spring break or whatever you need. I'd probably use it to uh, do some household fixing, but uh, I'm not eligible. But come on out. Of course, that isn't the reason to donate. We really uh, need to help our community here. And uh, I always like to quote that old hymn, there's power in the blood. There we go. We need your power today. We really do. Murray County Co-op, 9 to 2 today. Just walk in, give blood. I've done it many times. It doesn't hurt. Uh, it's it's easy, about 40 minutes and in and out. I, yep. The folks are always so nice uh, out at Neely's Mill, which I, that's the main office. But today mm-hmm. you've got the bus and oh. a, a remote blood drive out at the co-op. Yeah, and we'll have snacks and uh, you know juice, soda, water, everything you need. And uh just come see us. We really need you. There we go. Tim Hibbs, Blood Assurance. Thank you so much. Thank you for what you do here to uh, save lives here in southern middle Tennessee. And that may segue well. Oh, first of all, though, I think we've, we've said hi to Ron. Mr. Jim York, dude, number one. How you doing, man? Good morning, man. How, how's everybody? We're doing all right. We have, uh, we've got with us today Terry Hanna, president of uh, Murray County NAACP. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. And it is the final day, and we we get a little extra Black History Month this year because yes. it's a <laughs> leap, leap year. Yeah, but it's the final day of Black History Month, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and you know as we close out Black History Month, Terry is president of the local chapter of NAACP. Do you have any thoughts on uh, how this year's commemoration celebration has gone? Well, this year's been been pretty good and pretty productive. We've had a lot of people all over. The, the community have uh, celebrate the uh, Black History Week, and it's from from all org- different organizations, and it's been pretty productive. Okay, Good. and you've brought a guest with you today, Time Marlowe. Uh, she is a nurse. Good morning, Time. Good morning. All right, and you wanted to talk a little bit about nursing, about uh, Black History Month, about African-American women as yourself who are involved in nursing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where do we start? Um, can, I, can I start this? Yeah, yeah, Terry, yeah, go, go for it. Go for it. This young lady, the young lady, she goes to our church, and she very informative about I, uh, the women's health, and I listened to her last Sunday, and I said, hey, you know what? She really could end this this year, Black History Month, with her telling about uh, 
I have women, the black black women's uh, health. And I asked her, would she come on with me and represent the NAACP in our church? And she agreed. Well, Ty. Ty, welcome. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. All right. So now you you are a nurse. Where where do you practice, Ty? I am the assistant director of nursing at a skilled rehab facility in Murfreesboro. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, so first let me say that my thoughts are my own and they don't reflect my employer. I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are, let, let's talk about the. Are there? Well, what are your thoughts? I mean, how does as as an African American woman who practices nursing, mm-hmm. uh, do you do you face different challenges maybe than your counterparts? Um, definitely, uh, there are different challenges that I face as a nurse in um, being an African American because uh, the expectation has always been a little bit higher. Um, unfortunately, we are kind of um, scarred by some of the discrepancies that have happened prior to me ever becoming a nurse. I've been a nurse for 20 years. However, we know that, you know, it hasn't always been equal and fair. And so sometimes even in in, in the field today, you still deal with some of those discrepancies or a lack of trust of those maybe of my, you know, counterparts. But, you know, um, I, we have definitely made strides. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you get into nursing, Ty? You know, I'll tell you, actually, being a nurse was never on my mind. I did not think that I would become a nurse. I um, was a young mother, graduated uh, from high school in 95, and I had my first child by 96 and then had one in 98. So I had two young children and um, worked at Murray Regional, actually, for several years as a CNA because that was the easy work to find. I did everything around nursing. I took pictures. I worked in an office. I did all kinds of things. Then I decided that now, I wanted remind to do something us every, further. I know you work with it every day. But mm-hmm. Remind us what CNA stands That's for. That's the Certified Nursing Assistant. Okay. Um, yeah, so basically, uh, well, nurses can't work without the CNAs. I'll put it that way. Got it. <laughs> but at some point, you, um, I decided that I wanted to do something more. It, it's not a job that pays nearly what it's worth. Um, And I went to nursing school and became an LPN uh, with two small children and uh, decided after they got grown, what am I going to do now? And so then I went to school again and I got my bachelor's in nursing and became a registered nurse. And then I got bored again. And so now I'm almost done with my master's degree in well, nursing. Well, congratulations. Thank you. That's a that's a great road. Mm-hmm. And, and um, well, I guess let's. You know, Terry brought up two or three different topics. Of course, Black History Month. Mm-hmm. You know what? What it's uh, the challenges of being uh, an African American woman <coughs> in nursing. Uh, but Terry brought up just women's health in general. Yeah. Uh, what? Give us your thoughts about about what. Uh, yeah, you know, either either in connection with Black History Month or mm-hmm. just in general. In general. Um, as a um, as a race, we uh, practice poor health. We have some disparities that have just kind of followed us over generations and years. Um, as an African-American woman, 
there are some things that I think that in the midst of raising our families and, you know, trying to ensure that everybody's okay, because that's kind of what we do. We have neglected those things that we need to do for ourselves. What, um, what would that be specifically? You know, just preventative health. It yeah. starts there. You know, we have some disparities that we are already subjected to because of our race, um, such as hypertension and diabetes. Um, however, you don't know you have those things if you've never gotten the preventative health or the baseline to know before you ever are diagnosed with anything. So I think as African-American women, that's one of our main disparities. We have neglected to do the preventative health that we need to do to make sure that we're not impaired by hypertension, heart disease, diabetes, even mental health. Those are some important things that we have neglected and that we should focus more on. And that's kind of my platform, not just African-American women, but our race as a as a whole. I am um, an advocate for preventative health and just making sure that we're doing the things that we can to be as healthy as we can possibly be without having those disparities to handicap us. Okay. So, I mean, all women can get diabetes, right? Absolutely. Um, but uh, African-American women, perhaps at least if I'm hearing you correctly, mm-hmm. are, are perhaps more prone to those what people describe them as silent killers. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's just because of the care that we have not done in years you know, prior. Um, the information hasn't already been there, always been there. I'm sorry. Uh, health literacy is major. If you don't know what you need to do, then you don't do it. You know, we've been taught that. So specifically, African-American women should be more alert to be screened for hypertension, for diabetes. Absolutely. What should they do in terms of preventative health, lifestyle, diet, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing? Lifestyle, diet, if there are those predisposing factors such as family history, those are those are major. You know, um, my maternal grandmother had a stroke. I am very big on making sure that my blood pressure is in check and intact because then my mother has hypertension, and here I am, the next generation. I've got aunts that have hypertension, diabetes, those things. And so if those things are already in my family, part of my health literacy for myself personally is to monitor by getting a yearly physical. Um, When things don't feel right with your body, your body is the best detector that there's something going on. you got to listen to it, and that goes for any race, male or female. But specifically, when you have those uh, those pre-discriminating circumstances that kind of lead you into uh, developing diabetes or hypertension or, you know, uh, mental illness. You know, mental illness is the absence of mental health. We don't know we have it unless we speak up about what we're feeling. And that means physically, emotionally, um, it's holistic care. We should all be practicing that. Okay. Well, we're about to take a break, but on the other side, we'll come back um and let the uh, the other dudes may have some thoughts or questions. Okay. You, uh, I think you've really given us something to think about. Thank you, Pat. Mm-hmm.
50 years, people all over Middle Tennessee have returned to Parks Motor Sales again and again because they get the best vehicles and best service possible. Go to ParksMotorSales.com for options. New Buicks, pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, financing, certified technicians, parts, tires, and more. Then stop by 919 Nashville Highway, test drive a Buick, and see why the Buick Encore and Buick Enclave are among America's most reliable vehicles. Experience the new Buick at Parks Motor Sales. Deciding what your next home will look like, cost in construction, or timing can be intimidating. At The Way Realty, our licensed general contractors help take the fear out of home building by walking you through the step-by-step process of estimating the cost and designing the look that you desire. You can even stay in your house until your new house is finished. Do you have a family farm or a piece of land you would like to build on? Our prices start at $195 a square foot and include brick and nice finishes. Come by our office and see what we can do for you at 800 Hatcher Lane in Columbia or call us at 931-580-4669. I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Have you been hauling your own garbage to the convenience center? Are you tired of doing it? Does your work schedule keep you from hauling it off regularly? Is your teenage son not taking it off like he promised when he got his driver's license? Do you have something better to do on Saturday? If any of these questions strike home to you, call the Garbage Man at 931-540-0919 and your problem will be solved. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life could be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back, but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled. But then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. 
The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MemsModernLandscape.com. That's MemsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trotwood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shurex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Three dudes with a view. My name is Delph Kennedy. I am dude number three. It is Thursday. It is our last show of the week. Tomorrow morning inside Middle Tennessee with Jim Ross, and we'll be back with you on Monday. As always, you can go to our website or anywhere you get your podcast, catch the podcast of this show. You can go to our website and see the video uh, of this show, the video and audio together. And that video is out there on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Twitch. And maybe some other places. I don't know where else, Clay. I uh, know you, you. You named them. We're not on YouTube, but we are on uh, X and Facebook and uh, Twitch. So. There you go, dude. Number two, Clayton Harris. Good morning. Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. How are you? Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. Regular special guest, dude, Ron Hart. Good morning. Good morning. All right, we do have a special guest with us here, Tim Hibbs. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. And he's just reminding us, he's already talked about it, but uh, Blood Drive uh, out at the Murray County Co-op today, starting just a few minutes, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. If if you're able uh, and willing, get out there and donate blood. 
That's right. And if I could just add, uh, since this is Black History Month, the last day of Black History Month, uh, I'd like to send out a special appeal to African-American donors. Uh, we need more African-American donors. We have uh, some special uh, research that we're doing on sickle cell disease. And um, the best match for an African-American uh, with the disease would be African-Americans. So um, just thought that would tie in. And please come out and see us. We'll be there with the Blood Mobile from 9 to 2. There we go. Thanks, Tim. All right. Terry Hanna, president of the Murray County NAACP, is here with us. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. And I believe you said you had an announcement of some type, Terry? Yes, I got an announcement about um, I'm in just about everything around here. That's all good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, The uh, Prince Hall, uh, we have a mentor. The morning star number 11, we have a mentorship, and we're trying to get these kids in and Build them from from make them from boys to grown men, and their ages are from nine to eighteen. Okay, that's any race, any kid that any parent that wants to get their kids involved with with our Masonic group, they're welcome to do. And uh, I have a a, a person named uh, Jermaine. Jermaine, he will uh, get in touch with everybody when you call Prince Hall. Just call the number for Prince Hall and. They would, someone would answer the phone and get the kids in. Okay, We're this is your Masonic Lodge. Masonic Has Lodge. Has a program Morning for young Star men. Number 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Morning Star number 11 mm-hmm. to mentor young men. Young men. Mm-hmm. Black, yeah, white, whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And if you're interested in your child, uh, young man, participating mm-hmm. in this program, uh, who do you contact or where do you go? Jermaine Webster. Jermaine, Jermaine Webster. Webster. Mm-hmm. How, how can we contact Mr. And Jermaine I Webster? I don't have his number right now, but... I will give it to you later. Okay. Can can you drop by the uh, the the lodge or is yes, you can drop by the lodge. Uh, okay. And, and or, uh, or get in touch with you, right? You can get in touch with me. Yeah, at six one five seven one five five seven six eight. Give that one more time, Terry. Six one five seven one five five seven six eight. Okay, and that mm-hmm. is a mentoring program for mm-hmm. young men by yes. the local. Uh, Masonic Lodge, Morning Star, number 11. 11, yes. Okay. Which they, the group is called the Youth Knights. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, uh, and that's, there are young men who need that, I know. So yeah. uh, thank you for, for offering that. All right. He brought with him uh, Time Marlowe. She is a uh, registered nurse, has her bachelor in nursing. She's working on her master's in nursing. Thank uh, uh, you. Well, I'm nervous about there. Anything else, Ron? Uh, on that, on that garage thing, see if you can take it down. It'd be a chance you had to be over there or whatever. I don't know what uh, Ron's Ron. doing. Hey, Ron, we're over here. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we're over here, Ron. <laughs> uh, sorry, I had, I had to render something. There we go. Yes. All right, and if one of the things, Ty, you were talking over break that one of the things you're working on in your master's is communication mm-hmm. regarding healthcare in particular, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you certainly did a great job of that in the, in the last segment, and you said that's the part that you really enjoy. It is. Yeah. It is. I think that um, educating everyone is the most important part of healthcare because, like I said before, what you don't know, you just don't know. And so I think that the more literacy we provide, depending on what level of literacy is needed, I think that that's how we can more effectively help people. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Ron, Clayton, Mr. York, Tim, anybody got 
questions or thoughts of Black History Month, uh, women's health, uh, black women's health, uh, just questions or thoughts uh, from anybody. Yeah, uh, Duck, I'll, I'll chime in. Uh, Ty, uh, one of the things that I, that I know is, is concerning to a lot of people, uh, you talk about preventative health, which is great, and that's that's where it all starts. I myself had a bout, but I was doing preventative health and the surgery real serious as a result. But what happens is when people go to doctors or go to physicians, those that even do go, tend not to have questions about information they're getting from the doctor. They seem to be fearful Mm -hmm. to ask a doctor a question or a physician a question, even though they don't know. It's like the physician is the total authority Mm-hmm. And they don't ask the right questions or they're fearful to ask the right questions. Can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. That is actually one of my favorite topics to talk about whenever I speak at church in regards to preventative health or health in general. Um, we are we have tended to be more intimidated, I think, by physicians and in, in their intelligence. Um, they use big words. They they have a slotted amount of time that they are able to see patients, and it seems like it's almost a rush. There's not enough time to ask the questions, and then we become intimidated about asking those questions. So um, if I were to build a forum or a platform, it would be about health literacy, and I speak to my church family about that often, about questions that we should be asking our doctors. Don't be afraid. That is your dedicated time with them. Um, They are there to answer those questions. Um, They are there to provide the information that you need. And if you don't get it, it's okay to continue to ask. It's okay. I'm not sure how to break the cycle of being fearful about asking those questions that need to be asked. However, um, I have allowed um, in our church, we talk about uh, most of the time it's about cancer, breast cancer, prostate cancer. But I always tell them that the thing that we have to do is to ask those questions. And if you don't know what to ask, I'm available. I, I like to be available to people who I know, my community, to say, hey, try asking your doctor this question or just just throw this out there. Because if we don't know what to ask, which there we are with that health literacy again, then we don't know what response we should get or we don't know what time should be dedicated to answering those questions. But we've got to start by knowing what questions we need to ask. Okay, Ty, in addition to that, uh, the the other thing is that a patient, a a client, owns your body. It's just like you take a car to a mechanic. Mm -hmm. The mechanic mechanic doesn't own your car. You own the car. You make the decision. And that's what I think that, that helps people a lot when they understand, I need to ask the right questions. I need to ask the question until it's clear to me. And then I make the decision about my body. I agree 100 percent, Mr. York, because we do not nobody knows our body better than we know it ourselves. And so therefore, we can't expect that a physician or a nurse practitioner or anyone is going to know what's happening unless we we say it. It's just like you mentioned about a car. Nine times out of 10, your car isn't going to make that sound when you get to the mechanic. But you've got to talk about it. You've got to be descriptive about it. You've got to provide the information that you have because you've been driving the car. We've been driving these cars. These are our bodies. We're operating them every day. 
So I know what aches and pains are not correct for me. I know what's different. And so I have to be able to provide that information. What we have to realize is that the information that you give in a doctor's office, we classify as subjective and objective. Subjective means that it is reported by the patient. That means I've got to take your word for it, whether it's pain, whether it's itching, whether it's a hallucination, whatever that is. Subjective means that I have to take the patient's word for it. Objective means that while I'm sitting there watching you, I'm observing what's happening with you. So I don't know your subjective symptoms until you tell me. There we go. Ty, thank you so much. Anybody else? Ron, Clayton, anybody got a thought or a question about, about any of it? That's like, good work. I'm sorry, Ron? Uh, keep up the good work. Great, great job. Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, – go ahead, Ms. Short. Well, another question is that uh, black women in, in the state of Tennessee tend to have a higher mortality rate as a result of pre- pregnancy than other women. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can be done to try to uh, reemphasize what black women need to do and, and the type of information they need to get during their period of pregnancy? Um, again, I think that uh, when I was doing research for this, because I didn't know exactly how this platform was going to go today, but um, maternal health and mortality rates with black women is way higher. It, it should not be. But I think that one of the things I mentioned earlier when we were talking about my uh, my path in my career and how it got started as a young black woman, um being pregnant at the age of 18, I was fearful. I missed the first trimester of care for being afraid and not knowing what stigma is going to be placed on me for being a young mother, what happens or what, um, who have I let down? And again, we go back to the same basic information about literacy and we have to talk to our young women. It starts there. It starts there. We have to be um, we have to be resourceful. We've got to be supportive. We have to um, not be judgmental. We have to be able to educate them on what should happen. And I think that if we receive the proper prenatal care, then it makes it um, easier for them to not have to worry about that mortality rate or as a as a people and even generally beyond maternal or having babies, gynecological health in African-American women can be fatal because we sometimes think that once we're done having babies, we don't need to continue to check on that gynecological health. But it's still important right up until right up until death. And so those are things that I think that we have kind of slacked on in providing that literacy to our community. Ty Ty Marlowe, registered nurse, bachelor of nursing. You guys keep keep helping me come up with questions. We've obviously got the lady who's got the answers. She's most (laughs) articulate and knowledgeable. And and I'm with you, Mr. York. I just don't know the questions to ask. So y'all help me out. We'll we'll finish up with her in this next segment. How about COVID vaccines? The COVID vaccine in the North American community. The higher Yeah, I don't know. Do you hear me? There might be.
is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hi, this is Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Here is what some of our customers are saying about us. Great people. The place to shop for fair prices and great craftsmanship. Beautiful vintage and custom jewelry. Thank you, Beth. That is our goal. Stop by and see for yourself. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. Owned and operated by Rick, custom designer and Terry registered gemologist. Assuring you the best jewelry value and expert services. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. It's February and love is in the air all month. There's no better time to find your perfect match than this month with Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. From now until February 29th, get a free UV light when you purchase select new HVAC systems from Hiller. It's the perfect pair for cleaner, healthier air inside. You'll never be more in love with your home. Find your perfect match today at happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the happy face truck today. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. This is Debbie Matthews with the Nashville Realty Group. And if you've been paying attention, you know the housing market has been tough. But rates are beginning to thaw. So if you're thinking about selling, the time to jump in is getting better every day. But if you're thinking about buying and those interest rates are still a little bit too high, a good agent knows how to negotiate interest rate buy-downs. And I'm a good agent. So call me, Debbie Matthews with Nashville Realty Group, 615-476-3224. 
If you have Medicare and Medicaid, you may be able to get more help to cover your care and costs. A United Healthcare dual complete plan can help you get more benefits than original Medicare. Whether you choose our online tools or over the phone support, United Healthcare will help you compare options so you can choose a plan with confidence. See if you qualify for a United Healthcare dual complete plan. Call 855 UHC MORE. That's 855 UHC MORE. 855 UHC MORE. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Come senators, congressmen, please heed the call. Don't stand in the doorway, don't block up the hall. For he that gets hurt will be the one who has stalled. There's a battle outside and it's raging. It'll soon shake your windows and rattle your walls for the time. Okay, we're back. Three dudes with a view. This is our last show of the week. Tomorrow morning, this time, this station, Jim Ross with Inside Middle Tennessee. Although I think Jim's going to be on vacation. So, anyway, the show will go on. Inside Middle Tennessee, this time, this station. Tomorrow, my name's Del Kennedy. I'm dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. Good morning. Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. How are you? Good morning, Dale. Good morning, everybody. And favorite son of Columbia native son, Ron Hart. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Uh, Tim Hibbs is with us. And good morning, Tim. And remind us what's happening today. Good morning. We have a blood drive out at the co-op starting in just a few minutes at 9 a.m. We're going till 2. Uh, all of this blood collected will stay locally. It goes straight to Murray Regional. And uh, we need the donors. Scotty's come out and see That's us. That's Blood Assurance, who is the blood supplier for Murray Regional Hospital, among others. But uh, 9 to 2 today at the co-op. Terry Hanna, president of Murray County NAACP. Uh, Terry, you were talking to us a little while ago about a mentoring program by your uh, lodge, the uh, remind me the Knights of No. It's the, the lodge is uh, Prince Prince Hall, a Morning Star number eleven. 
Morning Star number 11, mm-hmm. and you have a mentorship for young men. For young men from the ages 9 to 18. And the the young man that's ahead of this group, is uh, his name is Quintel English, and I can give his number. He told me to give his number out. Okay. And it's 615-919-4575. It's a good group of men that want to get these kids out and hit them in the right direction in life, get them started. All right. Quintel mm-hmm. English, uh, mm-hmm. if, you have, uh, if you have a young person who wants to participate in the program, mm-hmm. contact Quintel English at? At 615-919-4575. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Terry, I think you said you had another announcement to make as well. Yes. This announcement is for uh, another group I'm in with the Elks. Harlem Flipping Lodge, 1155. Every year during March of the 31st of March, we have an Easter egg hunt out at Fairview Park. And um, we get, you know, we ask them for donations. If anybody out there in the community want to donate bicycles or Easter basket for male or female, they could uh, get in touch with me at 615-715-5768 and I will direct them where if they want to buy bicycles or whatever and I can direct them to the right people. Okay, and that's for Easter? For Easter. Mm-hmm. The guy that hits this up, is a, he does a phenomenal job, uh, McKinley Joyce. Okay, yeah. and so the children, you'll have uh, gifts and Easter eggs and the whole bit out there mm-hmm. at Fairview Park on yeah. Easter Day. From, from 2 to... 17. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And again, they'll get in touch with you, Terry Hanna, at uh, 615-715-5768. Okay. A lot of great things going on here in Columbia, as usual. Um, and we've got Ty Marlowe with us. She uh, is uh, uh, an African-American lady who's been in nursing for, what, 25 years or so at this point? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yep. Uh, and as my daddy used to say, she's got more degrees in nursing than she does Fahrenheit. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and uh, but obviously, you know, dudes, you got to help me out here because Miss York, you're right. I don't know the questions to ask. Ron brought up something. I guess we could lead off with that, that you know about COVID. And after, you know, I remember hearing a lot when COVID first started that because of the physical makeup of african-americans they might be more susceptible to covid than other you know hispanics whites or whatever as the pandemic played out though i didn't hear much talk about that that was just at the so were african-americans more vulnerable to covid i i would not say they were more vulnerable to covid than anyone else i would say that those disparities that we spoke of earlier are a contributing factor and you know you can have exacerbation of anything Uh, one thing goes wrong you know the tire on the car gets loses air and then some the rim starts to bend and all kinds of things happen so it's the same way um, with our bodies and if we already have hypertension or diabetes or anemia or anything else and uh, then you throw a little COVID in the mix, then, of course, then you're going to have some side effects as a result of the disparities that already exist. Yeah. Okay, Ron, did that answer your question, or you got another one? Shoot. Oh, no, just I, I guess uh, the uptake on vaccines, outcomes were no worse, right, you're saying, than, than the white community on, on deaths? Uh, no, but, no. Mm-mm. 
Yeah, the vaccine. Y'all didn't take the vaccine near as much, so kudos for that. <laughs> well, I, I I wouldn't necessarily say that we didn't take the vaccine as much. I, me personally, I've been vaccinated and boosted, not just because I work in healthcare, but because that is what I chose to do. I think that it's again, along with everything else, it's based on the information you receive about it. Uh, you know, when something new comes about, we get afraid. And that's not just African-Americans, that's people as a whole. And so here we are with a brand new vaccine for a brand new uh, epidemic that's out here killing people. And you want me to take a shot. And we know that vaccines are um, they are designed to expose your body to just a little bit of it so that when the real thing comes along, you're not so affected. And so, you know, that scares people. I know people who to this day are still afraid to take a flu vaccine. And how long has that been around? You know, so I I think it that more so as a community and then based on the history and experiments that have happened that have not been so favorable for uh, for my my race. I think that that has definitely played a part in fear for a vaccination. We want to make sure it's a vaccination and not an experiment. Right. And so that has been that's that's a thing to that's I, a, I see everybody in the room nodding their head. That's time. a relatable yeah. fear. You yeah. know, that's understandable. So I think that before um, I think education on that would definitely uh, would have helped more. Um, some of us were forced to get it. Some of us chose to get it. And I just I think that goes along with any other vaccine in the world at this point. Yeah. All right, Mr. York, you seem to have hey, a question. Ty, yeah, yeah, I got a question. Uh, one of the things that, that also uh, affects particular minorities is black women and dealing with pain. It seems that we don't have enough black physicians that understand how black women deal with pain. And it seems like the Caucasian community believes that black women can endure more pain than other women. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Um, so again, on uh, last night, just trying to look through some research or different things to talk about. Uh, pain control is one of those things that was also mentioned in an article that I read, and I don't have time to flip through and find it right now. But basically, it goes back to our ancestry um, with slavery. Um, black women endured a lot of things, and uh, that's how we were built to be strong. You know, um, I've been, you know, I've got strong black women in my life who had strong black women in their life and so on and so forth. And it goes back to the days when we were enslaved and and not just black women, but I think black people as an overall population have just been trained or conditioned that they just have to deal with certain things, but we don't. And whether there's a black physician available or a Caucasian physician or or whomever, pain is one of those subjective symptoms that I was telling you guys about. I can't tell you that your head doesn't hurt because I can't feel that. And so I think that that stigma is there that we think that we're not believed. Um, or that uh, right now in, in today's com- community, unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of drug seeking behavior. And so this has all just played out from generation to generation to generation. And here we are today with people who have legitimate pain for legitimate reasons. And uh, they think that that's frowned upon because here we are in the midst of an opioid crisis. Um, here we are in the midst of drug abuse from all races. And it is very hard 
to um, monitor pain. It's very hard to treat pain. And again, with it being subjective, I've got to take your word for it. So it's hard to separate those who are seeking drugs from those who actually have pain. It is. It, unfortunately, it is. And that is that has become the way of the world. And it is unfortunate for people who have legitimate pain and concerns. It's It's hard to think my physician is not going to believe that everything hurts, but you don't know until you tell them. And, and the other thing, if I tell me if I got it right, the other thing you, you hypothesize is that because of the cultural experience of black women, perhaps they're more tolerant to pain? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I think that we've been taught and trained to be strong. Um, now, I'm not speaking about myself personally, because when I hurt, I tell my doctor. Right, right. <laughs> but um, I, what I am saying is that as a culture, we have experienced that. And that's, again, it's one of those things that's just out there like, oh, they're tough. They can take it. But no, we don't have to be uh, African-American women, any woman. They hurt like anybody else. You hurt like anybody else. You don't have to be tough. You don't have to take it. And yeah. that's what those physicians are there for. Mr. York, you seem to have something else real quick. Yeah, I've got one other uh, $64,000 question. A bunch of outback legislators in Alabama ruled against the IVF procedure for women and their reproductive rights, which it doesn't really, I don't think it affects uh, black women as much, but the majority population seems to be in an uproar over that. Can you talk about that a little bit and how well, it's, it's impacting reproductive rights? Yeah, Ron Hart's the expert on this, Mr. York. He wrote, he's written a column called Take Your Embryo to uh, a Dance Night or yeah. something. Yeah, it's Alabama. Just, uh, yeah, I'm told, I'll say I'm pro choice. And, and But I wrote in a column this week that said that uh, Alabama, you know, their, their Supreme Court did it actually. And, 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 it's like uh, with the good news for w- women trying to have babies in, in Alabama. Next year they'll have the take your embryo to work day. Since <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, they're humans. All right, all right. <laughs> but Mr. Oak, you ask a serious it, question. It affects the, the the you know IVF is a very expensive procedure. I know one black woman in, that I know that that's doing that, but lives in a different state. But it impacts a lot of women trying to have families, and 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 uh, I, I just like to know Ty's take on it. Um, that actually hits very close to home for me. Not me personally, however, I do have a family member, and I have a blessing as a result of IVF. Um, and unfortunately, you know, things happen, and our, our bodies are our own. We just talked about that. And so, um, unfortunately, uh, somewhere along the line, somebody has come up with the idea that they get to own mine and decide what happens with it. And um, not just with IVF, but with anything reproductive. And um, IVF is something that a lot of people have to be able to use. Yeah. And and if they want to do that, it's theirs. Absolutely. It's their right and it's their body. I am pro-choice. IVF has helped a lot of people have children who wouldn't otherwise. Terry, real quick, you have about 15 seconds. All right, this was a great way to end the Black History Month Starting with room. this it's young lady here. She's done a fantastic job. Yes, she has. Yes, she has. Ty, thank <laughs> you. Thanks, Ty. Thank we, you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Monday. We'll see you Monday. Thanks again. Have a great week, folks. Weekend.